All right. Well, good morning, Frontline Church. It's so good to have you with us in the house this morning. I welcome you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's such a privilege to be in the house this morning and to be able to worship our King together. Amen. Amen. If you're privileged to be here this morning, would you give the Lord a great shout of praise? It is so good to be with you all this morning, and we're looking forward to the time that we're going to be sharing together afterwards in our, in our gardens together. Church, before we get started today, and I'm not sure if you saw the message that we, we sent out this week, but it was with very, very heavy hearts this morning that I share with you today that our dear Pastor Coral went to be with the Lord this week, Wednesday. He passed away peacefully at his home with his family. Pastor Coral, as you know, was the apostolic covering for our church for a number of years, and he set many spiritual foundations in our church. He was instrumental in much of mine and Pastor Ronald's direction and growth in ministry and has left a legacy in our church that we will cherish forever. So this morning, we honor Pastor Coral, a man after God's own heart. Yes, you're welcome to stand and honor him this morning. He was our spiritual father, a giant in the faith, a general in the army of God, a powerful leader, a mentor, and a friend. The anointing that he carried in the spirit shifted atmospheres. We knew when he came into this house, he came with such authority. We will forever have fond memories of how greatly he impacted us individually and as a church. We will miss him deeply. However, we know that he heard those, those final words from the Lord, well done, good and faithful servant. So church, let's just keep the, the Baron family in your prayers over this time and we just put a short video together just to to show you some of the last words that he spoke to us as a body have a look at this good morning frontline church what a blessing to be with you today um, and i trust that you will really enjoy this morning's service it's really lovely to uh, i can see in my mind's eye even if you're not physically there but um, i can see myself turning left into Hall Road and, and going into the area of Mulbarton, um, all these funny names. So I see that in my mind's eye, stopping at the church and greeting the people and walking in. So one misses that. Um, truly missed you guys. Um, sorry for my emotion, <laughs> but uh, yes, truly missing you and looking forward to be with you in person soon. This morning, I, I really have in my heart as I asked the Lord this week, what, what do I share with you this morning? I believe the Lord gave me two perhaps surprising words, and the words are one chance. We've got one chance, we've got one life, but we've got one chance to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, one chance only. And this is the short life that we have, the short life of 70 or 80 years um, and 90 if you're lucky or unlucky uh, but that is the time we have to serve the Lord and fulfill our purpose in God 
And you may ask me this morning, you know, why do I speak of, of one chance, one life now? Because we only have one chance and we are on the last days. So if you have done nothing up to now, <laughs> then, it's, then it's really time to do something. And you know, for many, many years, I, many people know that, but for many, many years, I've prayed Isaiah 32, 15 over this body of Christ that the Lord will pour His Spirit out on us upon high and the wilderness will become a fruitful field and the fruitful field will become a forest. And I've prayed Acts 2 verse 17, it will come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, that I'll pour out my Spirit, well-known verse, on all flesh. Daughters will prophesy, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams, even the men and maid servants I will pour my Spirit on and they will prophesy, says the Lord, and I will show wonders in heaven and signs in the earth beneath. And you may ask me, but what does that have to do with one chance? And I have one life, but I've got one chance. You know what it means? It means that there are a number of things that God has given us that we must be so careful of what we do with it. And the bottom line of that is that we must be so sure that in this time we don't waste time. Because a day wasted is a day lost. The Lord spoke to me and He said, My son, you've got one chance. One chance. One chance in life. If you mess it up, then you mess it up. One day you'll stand before the Lord and, and you may say, But yes, Lord, I, I wasn't qualified, Lord. I, 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 Lord, I, you know, really, I wasn't qualified. Lord, you know, other people can do this. No, 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 no. Each one of us that's been saved has got a purpose on earth. And our purpose is to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You've got one chance. You've got one life, one chance to serve the Lord, to love the Lord. But what I want to, to let drop in your heart so heavily this morning, we are in the last days, you've got one chance. One chance to arise. One chance to listen to the Spirit of God. One chance to step out in faith. One chance to get active in the kingdom of God, to pray for people, to bring heaven to earth. You've got one chance to bring heaven to earth, and that's whilst you're still alive. Father, I pray for frontline. They shall be people that shall not break rank, but they shall advance the kingdom of God in Johannesburg South, in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ. I bless you. Amen. Let's, let's just pray together for Pastor Carl's firm, uh, family, the, the Baron family, as well as their church family this morning. And then we'll pray for the word. Father, we come to you today in the mighty name of Jesus. And firstly today, Father, as a church, we pray for the Baron family, as well as their church family at Empower Church. We pray for all of them in this difficult time as they have lost a father, a mentor, a friend, a leader and a mighty man of God. 
We pray, Holy Spirit, for your comfort and your peace over this time, over all of them. And we pray that they would experience your love in a tangible way like never before. We honor Pastor Carl's life today, Lord, and we just thank you for bringing him into our lives and for the pivotal role that he's played in each of us and the direction of Frontline Church. And we thank you, Lord, that you have received him into glory and into your loving arms. And Father, today as we go into the Word, as we study your life-changing Word today, give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear the truth that will allow us to fully comprehend what it means for us as the children of God to live lives that bring glory of your grace, of your grace over us, Lord, and what that really means for us individually and as a body. Lord, let us not take your Word for granted, but let your Word search out every dark area of our lives and refine us and purify us so that we can honor you in all that we do. I ask this all in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen, amen and Amen. Can you put the, house, the lights on in the house, please? I'd like to see everybody this morning. <laughs> I think church is going to be a little bit difficult to preach after watching that, but Pastor Carl will have said, you've got one chance and, and finish strong. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to honor his life. Church, it's a privilege for me to bring you the word this morning, and today we are going to carry on with our sermon series, If Not Now, When? I'm not sure how many of you watched the and listened to the message last week, but just by way of recap, last week we set a foundation for these and identified the meaning behind these four words, If Not Now, When? And if you can recall, church, what it really means for us is to the desire that you and I have deep down inside of us to bring our lives into the perfect will of God, body, soul, and spirit, church, and to live out that will. But if we don't do that now, when will we do that? When will we do it? That's what this title is all about, church. It's about taking action now to living a, a balanced life according to God's perfect design so that we don't look back at our lives one day and have all these regrets. And church, the ultimate purpose for us wanting to increase in life and to find balance in the different areas of our lives, can you remember our key statement from last week? Why is it important? So that we would become all that God wants us to be and do all that He wants us to do. And hearing Him say, well done, good and faithful servant, come and share your master's happiness. That's why. And church, that is more important than anything else in life. And when that becomes our perspective in life, our definition of success will change forever. Last week, we looked to our perfect example for this. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, we saw how Jesus kept increasing. Right? Can you put that scripture up for us? It says, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And we focused last week on the first part of the verse, which is wisdom. And the importance of asking God for wisdom when we go through various trials. And using wisdom to make the right choices in life. Remember, church, wisdom is the application of knowledge, right? Or wisdom is the application of knowledge to make the right choices. Church, the Lord has really been impressing on my heart over the past couple of weeks the importance of wisdom. Not just for me, but for us as a body. And before we move on to the next part of the series today, church, I want to put out a challenge to everyone in the church this morning. Starting from tomorrow, 
let's all read one chapter a day of the book of Proverbs. Can we do that as a church? You know, Pastor Ronald reminded me of a scripture this week in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 22. And I want to read it for you. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and listen to this, and health to all their flesh. So church, as a church, let's keep these words of wisdom before our eyes of the month of November. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, so it'll basically take you the month to complete it. And let's allow the foundation of wisdom to infiltrate our thinking and our actions. And you know, church, let us know what the Lord is saying to you. Send us your testimony. You know, speak about it in your connect groups, and perhaps at the end of the month, we'll even have a, a time of testimonies. Incline your ear to what the Lord is saying. Amen? So church, we're going to carry on today. And if you could put Luke chapter 2, verse 52 up for us again. It says, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and in favor with men, right? So Jesus not only grew in wisdom, he also grew in stature. Now church, what is stature? The Greek word for stature is the word halakia, which means your lifespan. It means your age. It means your maturity or your physical growth. It even means your physical structure or your physical body. It means your height. So it means a number of things, church. But what I want to point out to you today is that your, your physical body is so crucial in God's perfect design for your life. Remember, this is a series about finding balance in all areas of our lives. Okay? So there are things that are going to challenge all of us. Because none of us have got it all together in all the different areas of our lives, right? Can we agree to that? I mean, I may have strengths that you don't have, and you have strengths that I don't. So I don't want you to feel like we're singling you out in any part of the series. The purpose is that we would all grow towards living a balanced life that will ultimately glorify God. And this is one of the areas that we cannot neglect. You see, church, a lot of Christians today don't take care of their bodies because they think that everything spiritual in life is what is important. And the body is not that important. And you know, nothing can be farther from the truth. And before we get into the scriptures today, church, to give us the necessary guidance that we need, I just want to share two stats with you this morning that, that may alarm you. In 2019, as many as 90,000 South Africans died from diabetes. That's an alarming number. And with many millions more living with the disease, the number is continuing to increase yearly. It is also reported that as many as 82,000 South Africans died from heart disease in 2019, of which medical practitioners highlight that up to 80% of both of these diseases can be prevented by proper eating and exercise. At church, just these two diseases alone contributed to over 20% of all the deaths in South Africa in 2019. That is a staggering number. That's in our country alone. And the alarming thing is that those percentages are increasing yearly. 
And you would remember some of the, the stats that I shared with you a couple of weeks ago about the deaths related to smoking and to alcohol abuse. All these things that we do to our bodies that we, we don't have to do. But this, besides the statistics of these obvious impacts on our bodies, church, what does God say about the importance of our physical health? Because that's what really interests me. Stats are one thing, but what does God say? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the classic passage on the body, it says from verse 12, have a look at it with me. It says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me. In other words, I have freedom to do anything, but I will not be dominated by anything. Church, what is God saying here? He's saying, you know what, there are some things in life that are not necessarily wrong. They're just not necessary, right? You're free to do what you want to do, but not everything you do is beneficial for you. Does that make sense? It says, church, I'm not going to let anything dominate me. In other words, I'm not going to be addicted to anything. I'm not going to allow anything to control me. Verse 13 says, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. Then he says, the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. He's going to physically raise up your body. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Now in verse 18 it says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. What it's saying here, church, it's a different class of sin where you're not just sinning against God, you're actually sinning against your own body here, right? Verse 19 and 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, whom God has given you? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Church, these verses teach us a lot of things about our, our body today that are opposite to what culture teaches us, that are opposite to what media teaches us today about our bodies. And we're going to look to the scriptures this morning. And I'm going to give you a list of very important points today in regards to the importance of taking care of our bodies. And you're welcome to, to take some notes this morning. Are you ready? Number one. The first thing is that God expects me to manage my body. God expects me to manage my body. Now, church, what I need to realize is that I'm not the owner, right? I'm just the manager of my body. God is the owner of my body. So I have to take stewardship over my health. And I cannot blame other people for how I use or misuse or abuse my body. I cannot blame anybody else. I'm the manager. My body is a gift from God on loan from God. And one day I'm going to give an account for it, right? One day I'm going to stand before God. and He's going to say, what have you done with what I gave you? Because you see, church, in preparation for eternity, God wants to, to see what he can trust you with. What did you do with the help I gave you? What did you do with the mind that I gave you? What do you do with the opportunities 
and the abilities and the freedom and, and the wealth and the resources that I gave you. And one day he's going to say, what did you do with the body that I gave you? We are caretakers of what God has given us, right? We are caretakers of our bodies. That's number one. Number two, the Bible teaches me that my body is God's property. My body, your body, is God's property. Now, we don't really think like that, do we? Because we've been brought up differently to believe, you know what? My body is my body, it's my property, and I'll do with it what I want. Right? But you know what God says? No, you won't. I just loaned it to you. It's not yours because you didn't create it. Everything you see in the universe, church, including yourself, was created by God, and the Creator owns it all. You don't own anything. It is loaned to you. This is very important for us to understand, church. Everything that God has given you is, is loaned to you. This applies to all areas of our lives, right? This even applies to our money. Your money is loaned to you for about 70 to 80 years of your life. It was loaned to someone else before you were born. It will be loaned to someone else after you die, right? God owns it and He loans it. My body is God's property. The Bible says that the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. In other words, church, I don't have the right to just share my body with anybody. I don't have the right to do what I want with my body because my body is God's property. And you know, church, if we're not careful, we'll make the same common mistakes that the Greeks did. In the days of Aristotle and Plato and Socrates, the Greeks believed in what you call dualism, which was to separate the spirit from, from the body. Right? So what they believed that if your spirit is right with God, that's all that was important. And if your spirit is right with God, you can do whatever you want with your body. They actually devalued the body. In fact, that they thought the body was evil. So according to them, it doesn't really matter if you mess up your body because the body is evil anyway. It's just your, your spirit that matters. But the Bible says that is completely false. Church, your body is not evil. Your body is holy because God made it. And whatever God makes, He makes it for a purpose, right? God has never made anything that doesn't have a purpose. And so don't compartmentalize and say that my body doesn't really matter in my Christian journey. It's only in my spirit. They are both important. Can we agree to that this morning? Can we agree that God owns your body? Amen. You guys are very quiet this morning. Number three. The third thing this passage teaches me, church, is that my body will be resurrected after I die. We need to realize that God never wastes anything. God is going to recycle your body. God is going to resurrect your body. You know, a lot of people think that when they go to heaven one day, they're just going to be these spirits that are floating around in heaven, right? That you're going to be an angel. Let me tell you this morning, you're not going to be an angel. Even if your husband and your wife says, my angel here on earth, you're not going to be an angel, right? <laughs> even church, even though your body is decaying in the ground, or even if you're cremated one day, God is going to resurrect your body. It says in verse 14, and God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. How is He going to do it? 
We don't know, but He's God, right? And it's going to be a glorified body. And the truth is, we don't really know what our glorified bodies are going to look like, but I think Jesus gave us a clue here. Because when Jesus was resurrected and He was walking around Jerusalem for those 40 days, I mean, He was seen by a couple of hundred people. They could actually physically see His body. They, they could touch Him. And His body had some special capability of disappearing and materializing because He could appear in a room without walking through the door. That's kind of cool, right? He would appear and disappear, but they, they would recognize Him. And church, people are going to recognize you when you go to heaven one day. And even though, look, I don't know what my resurrected body is going to look like. There's not enough evidence in Scripture as to how we're going to look like one day, right? What I take from this church is that if God owns my body and He's loaned it to me and He's created it for a purpose, I'm going to steward over my body the best way that I can until He resurrects it. Because even in this, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You see, church, this is more than just about looking great and feeling great or, or having a six-pack. It's more than just about what benefits you individually. Right? It's, it's a greater purpose here. And you need something bigger than yourself to draw you out of yourself so that you can be greater than yourself. Yes, there will be other benefits that come with a new way of doing things like eating better, resting more, or exercising more, etc., etc. But what we're talking about today is far deeper than this. It has far more spiritual significance. There are spiritual reasons for this. So church, God created my body. He expects me to manage my body and He's going to resurrect my body. Number four. The Bible teaches me that my body is connected to Christ's body. This is very important. Verse 15 says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? It goes on to say in verse 18, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. As I said, this is, is a special category of sin. You're actually sinning, not just sinning against God, you're sinning against yourself. But just picture this, church. If you're connected to Christ's body, right, and if you're sinning in your body, sexual or other, just remember that you are dragging God along with you. Number five, the Holy Spirit lives in my body. God has put His Spirit inside of my body. That's what it says in verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? Now, church, that means that God takes up residence inside of you. He puts His Spirit in your spirit. So you are the temple of God today. At this very moment, for those of you who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are a true Christian, let me ask you a question. Who's dwelling inside of you? God Himself, the Spirit of God is dwelling inside of you, church. You know, this is so crucial to me because it tells me something. It tells me that I need to take care of my body. Right throughout the ages, church, God has always had a dwelling place. First, He dwelt in the tabernacle. It was designed according to the specifications He gave to Moses. Moses. 
And the tabernacle was the dwelling place of God. And then later, God gave to David the, the specifications for the temple in Jerusalem, and God dwelt in the temple, in that building. Today, He dwells in you. You are the temple. Now, let me ask you a question, church. If you were, one day you were walking down the road, and you saw a bunch of people that were vandalizing a house of worship, they were vandalizing a church and they were kicking the doors down. They were, they were smashing the windows. They were writing graffiti all over the walls. You would say that's not right, right? You would probably develop a bit of righteous anger inside of you and you would tell them, hey, listen, you've got to stop what you're doing. You've got to stop what you're doing or we're gonna, I'm going to call the police. If you feel that way, church, I need to ask you a question. Why don't you have the same attitudes towards your own temple? Because by what you put in it, by the way your, your sleep schedule is, by not exercising, not taking care of your body, you are vandalizing the temple of God. And I know that's a harsh reality to accept, church, but we all fall short when it comes to this, this area of our lives. Number six, Jesus bought my body on the cross. That's one of the things that he came to do, right? Verse 20 says, For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Church, Jesus bought you with a price. He bought your, your real estate, right? Which means that He owns you. But there's something even more meaningful here. Because of the price that He paid, church, that means that you have immense and eternal value. Do you know how much you're worth? If you're sitting here this morning, or if you watching online and you're questioning how much you're worth, I just want you to consider the cross. With outstretched arms and nail-pierced hands, Jesus said, this is how much I love you. I love you so much that it hurts. I love you so much that I'd rather die than live without you. I came all the way from heaven to do this for you. That's how valuable you are. Your body is priceless. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Note what it says here, offer your bodies, not your spirit, your bodies. You know, church, when people say things like, if you had to invite them to a function, a wedding, or a birthday party, and you say, listen, I can't make it, but I will be with you in spirit. Do you know what that means? Absolutely nothing. Because you can't be somewhere where your body isn't. <laughs> you can only be where you are physically and in your body. So, so when someone tells you that the next time, you say, listen, I don't buy that, you know. It says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Church, did you know that taking care of your health is an act of worship? That taking care of your bodies is an act of worship? Did you think of it like that? God is calling us to a life that is spiritual worship to Him in all that we do, body, soul, and spirit. Not just in one area of our lives, all the areas of of our lives. Look at what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It very clearly says to us, 
Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, sanctification is the cleansing of anything that would separate us from God, right? It is to make us holy. And if God is clearly saying to us in his word that he wants your whole spirit and your soul and your body to be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, I think we need to pay attention. Would you agree? And remember, church, this is not meant to single out anyone here today. I want you to know that as your pastor, it is my heart that you would prosper in all areas of your lives. And to be honest with you, the Lord has been challenging me and speaking to me about finding the right balance in my life for months now. And to be honest with you, I've been putting things off. And that's why the Lord keeps on telling me, if not now, when are you going to do it? Because even though I may have discipline in certain areas of my life, I know that I can improve. And I also know that there's certain areas where I'm falling short. And I need to grow in those areas of my life. And can I say something this morning? We're going to do this together. We are going to do this together, church, because God isn't just calling me to find balance in my life. He's, he's calling all of us, right? We are His body. We. He's calling all of us. And why is this important, church? So that we would become all that God wants us to be and do all that He wants us to do. And hearing Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share your master's happiness. You've been faithful with a little. Now let me put you in charge of much. So let me summarize for you this morning. And the worship team can come up so long. Church, we all need to focus on taking care of our bodies. Can we agree on that this morning? Not just so that you can look good. Not just so that you can feel better. Not just so that you can live a longer life, right? Yes, those are added benefits, church. But why we really want to do this is because God created my body. Jesus died for my body. God's Spirit lives inside of my body. My body is connected to Christ's body. One day he's going to resurrect my body. And because of that amazing reality, I'm expected to take care of my body. And one day I'll give an account for it. That's the spiritual reasons. Let me say that again. God created my body. Jesus died for my body. God's spirit lives inside my body. My body is connected to Christ's body. One day he's going to resurrect my body. And because of that amazing reality... I'm expected to manage my body and one day I'll give an account for it. That's my spiritual worship. And church, can you see now why it's so important to take care of our bodies? It's much more than just wanting to look better or, or have a six-pack, right? Because the healthier you are, the more that God can bless you, church, the more that God can use you. And we're going to do this together, amen? God is calling all of us. We are going to honor God in all areas of our lives. And church, I don't know about you, but I've never heard a sermon that is preached purely just on the body. Right? So the Lord is, where the Lord leads me, He's not just leading me, He's leading us as a body. Amen. Can we just honor God for His word this morning? And would you please stand with us, church, uh, before we 
enter into worship, but you're welcome to stand. Pastor Ronald just wants to, to have a word with you. Amen. Thank you, my husband. So when he wants to get balance, I'm forced to get balance. <laughs> so we're in this together, church. I just feel this morning, um, there's a couple of people that need prayer for health. Um, their bodies are not well. And actually, I want to pray. I've asked Emmanuel if he'll just stand with me this morning as we pray. Our dear Franco, you all know Franco, uh, our sound man. Uh, he had a, a motor. Uh, bicycle accident yesterday and he's actually as we speak in theater as they they do surgery his wife's far pregnant Nicole and we just need to cover the family um, and then Mark Mark and Mandy where's Mark I saw him come in Marky all right you here maybe you can just come forward for us Mark Mandy's also been admitted into hospital with an infection um, with her kidneys and her bladder and we're going to trust God for a touch is there anyone else this morning that says I need a touch from God. I'm struggling with my health. And this morning's been a significant message. You know, that scripture in Proverbs 4.20 that says, keep my word before you. As we as a church are challenged to read Proverbs, I really want to encourage you to do it. Because it says it will be health to our bodies. So as we meditate on scripture, as it says, do not let it depart from your eyes. Incline your ears. I want you to imagine being in a noisy restaurant and someone's talking to you and you lean in to try and listen to what that person is saying. That's what we need to do with the word of God. We need to lean in. We need to incline our ear. We need to keep it in front of us because it becomes health to our body. If you're here this morning, Emmanuel, you can just come stand with me. If you're here this morning and you say, I'm not well physically, I'm not well, could you just lift your hand? If you need prayer this morning, lift it high so we can see. We're not going to call you out unless Emmanuel feels led. But Mark, I want you to just come stand here with me in front as you stand in the gap for your wife. Is Brant here or has he left? I think he's outside preparing. Um, and does oh Michelle you yeah you can come forward you can stand in the gap for Franco and Nicole as well if you want to come to the front this morning you're welcome to if you're comfortable to stand where you are but church together can we just put our faith together this morning we're having a family day outside in a couple of moments and this is family isn't it this is family when one hurts we all hurt when one is in need, we all feel it and we stand together. So I want to ask us to unite our faith this morning as we come into agreement for those who are not well. Um, there's a couple more that have come to the front. And if you've lifted your hands this morning, just keep them raised. Auntie Margaret, come to the front. Come to the front. You can just keep your hands raised as we pray, standing in faith this morning, trusting God for healing. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Just begin to pray in the spirit and stretch forth your hand. Pray like you're praying for yourself. The Bible says that if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. So we are not doing this as some form of religious activity. We are 
obedient to the word of God. Just stretch your foot. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. I just feel an acceleration even this, this morning. Father, we thank you. Even if you are if you're watching us online, just stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand to the screen. Oh, Father, we release your grace this morning upon your people. Lord, your word says that even as our souls and spirits prosper, our bodies will prosper. Lord, it's, you came for a purpose. You came for a purpose to redeem us. Lord, even the same way you're forgiven our sins, you're able to resurrect our bodies, our dying bodies. In the mighty name of Jesus, we release your power this morning. We release your power this morning. We release your grace that brings healing, that brings healing in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we release your power. We release your power that is flowing right within us. Let rivers of living water begin to flow. Let your rivers of living water begin to flow from within us. And touch those who are sick in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we release your grace. We release your, we release your mercy this morning over Franco in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as he goes through that surgery, my Lord, we ask, O King of glory, that you will be the doctor this morning. You'll be the surgeon. Oh, we send forth angels. We send forth angels to touch, to touch Franco in the name of Jesus, to touch Andre in the name of Jesus, to touch every person, Lord, in this house, in the mighty name of Jesus, we release your power this morning. We release your power this morning. We release your power. Your power that is able to heal. Your power that is able to heal. We release it this morning. In the name of Jesus, I release your power. I release your healing power. In the name of Jesus, I release your healing power. In the name of Jesus, I release your healing power to flow through her. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every weak body, every weak vessel, receive healing. In the name of Jesus. 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 Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for your restoring bodies. You're quickening mortal bodies this morning. You're quickening mortal bodies this morning. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, you care about our bodies. That's why you say that even as our spirits and soul prosper, let our bodies prosper. You're concerned about our bodies, Lord. Lord, I pray for strength this morning. Strength where there's weakness. I pray, O oh King of glory, for muscles that have gone that have that have been weakened lord strengthen them this morning in the name of jesus strengthen every muscle in the mighty name of jesus strengthen every muscle in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name of jesus i come against this any spirit of fear that is still lingering fear 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 that is still lingering no you will not die you live to see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living fear that is still lingering i rebuke you in the mighty name of jesus loose their minds loose their minds loose their minds fear go go in the name of jesus yes receive healing by faith by faith begin to see yourself restored begin to see yourself strengthened in the name of the lord in the mighty name of jesus lord by your stripes we are healed 
by your stripes we are healed we take we, we stretch our hand of faith to access that word to access that word we make it real for ourselves for these your servants for these your children we make it real by your stripes they are healed by your stripes they are healed in the name of Jesus we thank you father we thank you lord lord let peace return let peace return lord whatever is raging in form of viruses in their bodies oh let peace return i speak to you every every virus in their bodies in the mighty name of jesus be gone in the name of jesus be gone in the name of jesus you have no power you have no right over their bodies their bodies belong to, belongs to Christ. Their bodies has been purchased. It's been purchased by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, sickness, you have no power. You have no power over their body. Go in the name of Jesus. Release their bodies in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We receive our healing. We receive our healing. Just begin to say, I receive my healing. I receive my healing. I receive my healing. We receive our healing. We receive our healing. Be made whole. Be made whole. Be made whole. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.